and welcome everybody to another episode of the world's greatest podcast that's the way the cookie crumbles and as you can tell from a distinct lack of mouth breathing stan is not here this week he's on holiday he is um he's he's gone visiting a recently sacked manager in um Mm. Mr. Euro- Lennon. European Islands, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Lennon. Mr. Lennon. I've always done a link up. <laughs> link up. Well, to be honest with you, Stan, you've you've done well to not be here for another podcast. We are definitely gonna have to dock you a week's wages this time because it's we're we're getting up to uh we're getting up to Kyrie numbers here, Jim, with uh, Stanley. We get up to Ronaldo numbers. More on that later. Oh, more on that later. <laughs> but Jim, there's only one place to start. Mm-hmm. Sunny Nottingham. They said, oh, you've signed too many players, da-da-da-da-da, Klopp. He's probably thinking, Forrest, how can we compete? They've signed so many players. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the shock of the season, would we say. Maybe oh. not the way Liverpool are playing, but yeah, I certainly think so. the way Forrest has been playing. Yeah. What a win for them. On a, you know what? There was... You know, you know, we laugh at the starts there when they, had, they didn't play with the ball, obviously, it's not what they do, <laughs> especially against Liverpool as well. I'll tell you what, the chances they created, it was well worth three points. They were clear cut. Um, Steve Cooper even said at the end of the game, he was he was saying, yeah, Dino had to make a few saves, which he did. He made some great saves at the end. Um, a couple on Van Dijk, who probably should have had a trick to be fair to him. Oh, my God. Um, but the best saves of the game all went to Allison. Ryan Yates was clean through. Um, there was another one. Well, Brennan Johnson could have scored right to him and Allison went up. <laughs> Just missing up in there. Didn't fancy shooting. Um, Control the disconnect. There was no good save. I can't remember who it was on, but Allison, yeah, he, he made six saves himself. So, yeah, Forrest were well worth this win and what a win it was. That's what the, 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 these kind of performances and um, results are what it's like, what, what it's all about for teams like Forrest, really. I think when they're scrapping relegation, it was rock bottom of the league when they cook. I don't know if they're still rock bottom of the league. I, I believe they might be. But yeah, that certainly helps. And he drags a few more teams into that relegation fight now. Um, a big win for them. That was probably coming over recently, recent weeks. They've um, they've improved quite a bit. When you think of Forest at the start of the season, just letting in goal after goal after goal, also they conceded six twenty one. It was just it was a team that I love playing my FPL players against. But you look in the last four weeks, Cook they've conceded two goals. Um, so they've got some stability now, and if they can just add the verb back they've only scored two goals themselves add that attacking swagger back then Forest, yeah they could make a push to stay up um, it's a long road ahead but yeah what a win yeah long road ahead and credit where credit's due uh, with Forest. like you said the chances they created were clearly caught they weren't half chances there wasn't pop shots it was it was them dissecting Liverpool and vice versa and credit to the goalkeepers you could almost say it's a game of the goalkeepers this one Henderson made a lot of saves Allison again keeping Liverpool in it like Jim said before but big implications for the team around Forest Day puts three teams now in the relegation zone on nine points Leeds however do have a game in hand big game in East London with West Ham Bournemouth tonight as well they could potentially drag Bournemouth back down into a scrap towards the end of the season but I think Forest I hate to say it Forest fans but I think you are down but I think you're, you're doing the right things and you're, you're picking up points against teams that you probably wouldn't have imagined that you're getting points against and that's that's credit to you given the fact that like Jim stated earlier you've you've dropped points against you've lost against Wolves you've drew against Villa you've been beat 4-0 by Leicester 3-2 by Fulham 3-2 by Bournemouth they're teams that are in and around you and should you should really be picking points up against yeah well when did um I'm just going to share this when did Steve Cooper um, sign that contract I believe two weeks ago because that was 
Because I messaged you saying, what the fuck are they doing? That was a bold move. If you just go into the fixtures, uh, yeah, go ahead. That, that was a bold move, and they've got some. They've had, they've had sorry, the results. They've, had, they've had some uh, performances from that. I know they lost at Wolves, but then they drew at Brighton. This is a great result. Really. I think it was from that Brighton game. He, that was his first um, one after his new deal. Yeah, so wrong. since his new deal, he's got four points out of six. If, if, if that's right, or he's got. Or he might have lost at Wolves afterwards. Either way. Um, two draws and a win in these last four games is a significant improvement on what they were doing previously well, like a team that couldn't buy a draw and mind a win I've had some really bad results at Leicester Fulham and uh, Bournemouth and like I say it was a brave move to give him um, a new contract especially with how we kind of see chairmen and like owners react to a very bad start to Premier League usually they're quite trigger happy I mean maybe we're just too, too used to teams like Watford who would have sacked Steve Cooper years ago Yeah. <laughs> but yeah things are on the up for them and who knows maybe they can drag everyone into a fight they certainly have done this weekend yeah definitely and like I've already mentioned I personally think they will go down I just think that the, the teams around them are just, they just have better players and that's no slout on, on Forest. but I, I just think that maybe it's a bridge too far for you this season a bit too much too soon obviously with the signings but Jim do you think there's a possibility well a realistic possibility that Forest can stay up and if they are to do they need to add a couple of bits in January which is mad given the fact they've signed <laughs> 23 players in the summer well the, the way they've been working in the market won't surprise you if they signed like 12 or something in January Um I, I I think they can stay up. I I think it's I think it's too early to the down. I think definitely when you look at the the quality on paper and the amount of gelling this team has to do compared to the rest of the teams around them, that they're the the, the long shots, aren't they? The they're the least favourites to stay up. But they've got some good players in there. Um, I think especially against Liverpool, they had a lot of three on three, two on two opportunities, and I thought. Gibbs White and Lingard were really poor on the weekend actually despite the win they might have done some good work off the ball but when they got into them dangerous positions they didn't do anything Awani was a was a problem um, it was a great story for him he was released from Liverpool seven years ago so that was really good to see him go scoring but some of the players in the bench cook Emmanuel Dennis is a player I think he will work himself into this team Yeah. Um, and that they could be dangerous and, and like I say they've, they've built something now defensively Um so maybe if Cooper up the next few weeks until the World Cup found the way he wants to play with this team because it's going to take him some time and it was 23 signings yeah. he's got the luxury of that four weeks off in the World Cup to figure out his targets if he does need anyone and the, the, they'll happily spend the money so I don't see why not they've certainly spent more money than some of the clubs around him like you say tonight Bournemouth who I believe will get dragged into the relegation battle they've had some really good fixtures um, They're over really, really good results haven't they but Realistically, that's a team like like Forest who are significantly weaker than a few teams, and they're not willing to spend like Forest are. Yeah, and I th- and I think a few coaches have said it. It's almost like the season starts after the World Cup for the slightly bigger teams. Uh, obviously, they've got players who have almost got one eye on the World Cup and they're shitting it about getting injured, and rightfully so. But for these teams slightly down the bottom, and all due respect to your Forest, your Bournemouth, etc., etc., but you're not going to have as many players going to the World Cup. So the season starts for you when the season starts, so to speak and you'll pick up points anywhere you can get and we've spoken about the mentality of Forest and how it was spot on this weekend we're going to have to move on sorry Liverpool fans to the mentality monsters themselves Liverpool who Klopp's done a little bit of moaning of late Jim since that Arsenal defeat but they picked up obviously a massive result away at Rangers in the Champions League beat yourselves Manchester City at home 
were very lucky against West Ham at home and then this absolute sucker punch for Nottingham Forest so do you think that Liverpool again it's almost like one step forward two steps back with them this season yeah definitely um, like I think, we, I think I even said last week um, after the win against City that that could be a real turning point for them they put Salah up front he looked the best he ever had been yeah. um, maybe system. a new system a new kind of like feeling around they kind of adopted that underdog mentality but then like you say yeah they beat West Ham 1-0 but it wasn't pretty was it I mean what I watched this game was on Amazon and he wasn't good at all like Alisson made a, well he said a penalty yeah or, Bowen missed a penalty did he miss a penalty yeah Bowen missed, he missed it so Alisson saves the penalty I think right at the end Milner saves like a clear goal like literally like yeah. five minutes from time and all that second half was all West Ham it was just West, it was attack after attack after attack and even some of the players were after the City performance you think at least turned a corner like Joe Gomez looked really good against City despite what he's done previously like against Napoli when he looked like he was match fixing <laughs> and literally was he not back to himself in the West Ham Forest games he was unfortunately he, he was so only like the, the, and England the, the, the same ball of him and uh, yeah I completely agree with your assessment there that he was one step forward two step back because he looked to have turned a corner and then they literally go straight back to how you play and, like they could concede at any moment and if it wasn't for Alisson who was having an unbelievable season by the way when you watch some of the saves he's made making this season did have lost that West Ham game as well as the Forest one yeah the thing with Liverpool what they, they've been able to hang the hat on over the years and I heard a stat on the radio the other day I think in the past five years or so, I could be wrong, but Liverpool, the only home games they've lost were during the pandemic over the five years, over the past five years. And at the minute, they're still unbeaten at home and they're riding that wave of that home record. But you look at some of these games, Jim, the, the Brighton game at home, Istanbul, that's very anti-Liverpool. That's very unlike them to concede three at home to a team like that. The West Ham game we've already spoken about was very leggy. The, the Newcastle at home game when Isak scored they, they were on the ropes in that game the, obviously the anomaly in this one is the 9-0 against Bournemouth but Liverpool again drawing at home to Palace the home record's usually spotless and that's the thing where Liverpool can be almost guarantee three points every week and now that's showing slight cracks and for Liverpool fans they'll hope that they can sort this home record out before the World Cup because the last thing they need prior to this World Cup is doubt over where they're going to finish in the top four and potentially if the manager's going to be there next year yeah well not a lot's been made about that the, the, the manager situation there really has I think if it was maybe anyone else other than other than maybe Pepper City I think you'd be asking questions of the manager there because um, yeah. they've been shocking this season like realistically they've been no nothing short of shocking I think they've played well two or three times maybe um, they played well against City um I think they had a home game against Ajax where they kind of looked really good, like they controlled the game a lot. Yeah. Other than that, like I'm not counting 9-0 against Bournemouth and 7-1 against Rangers. So yeah, they scored some goals, but it's papered over a lot of cracks with what's happened between them games. You're right. Um, yeah, it's been a real rough start to the season for Liverpool and the way the injuries have gone for him as well and the way they just can't find answers to be more defensively solid and if unfortunately if you're a team that looks like conceding every single game you're going to drop a lot of points uh, doesn't matter how good your front three is which it hasn't been good this season as well that hasn't been able to bail them out like it has done a few times over the past four or five years so yeah um, I don't know where they finish I don't know what they'll do they'll be open to turn it round after the World Cup I'm guessing but it's, just, it's not looking great I'll be honest 
So you've mentioned it's not looking good for the Scousers at the minute, but it's also not looking great for someone else in the Northwest gym. Shoo! <laughs> R7 is, well, shock. He's been trying to leave Man United. Yes. They're not playing him, so he's left the bench, Jim. So we've let the dust settle on this Ronaldo walking down the tunnel argument so to speak we've heard many a pundit but where do you sit on this particular side of the fence Jim um, I can't say that being a City fan <laughs> um, I'm really like strong on any side of the fence but if I'm being if I'm like objectively looking at the situation I can see where I can actually see where Ronaldo's coming from I can see where the fans are coming from I can see where the manager's coming from um, regardless of all that leaving the game early and not watching the end just like just going off it's it's like it's like unforgivable it's not unforgivable but it's like you can't like argue against it can you you can't but Ronaldo fans will on Twitter but it's just of course it, they will really spot Ronaldo not, yeah not that's what I mean it, 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 it's shocking it. and especially a player of that seniority as well um, in a fairly young side he should be the one that they all look up to and act like because he is the realistically over the past 15 years he has been an ultimate professional hasn't he? the way yeah. he's conducts himself the way he's like dedicated himself to being the best footballer <laughs> look ever. at him exactly he's 37 look at the guy so it's just our character for him but he's kind of been building up since he's not been able to leave in the summer at the same time no one's really wanted him yeah <laughs> like realistically these his realistic suitors have been it's been a close kind of close to Chelsea mm-hmm. Napoli, Napoli yeah. it at Let's Go Madrid was, and then they just basically was, said that straight away no like, f- fans actually protested against it in a pre-season game yeah the athletic ones I saw that there yeah. was one um, James Horncastle said on the Totally Football show and there's a little free plug for them um, but he said that there was an unnamed Saudi club that offered him basically it would have broken football wage structure it was roughly about 1.2 million a week and straight away he said no I want to stay in Europe and go for these records And well, so it shows where his head's at doesn't it well that's the thing isn't it is the only clubs that you can realistically see him going to in the summer anyway it might change in January um, and I'm sure Ronaldo will be open it will is like the Saudi clubs China clubs into Miami into MLS they've just give up a DP spot with Higuain but makes it, sense but, but what Ronaldo wants is to stay and play in the Champions League which he can't in them clubs no and you you literally go through all the Champions League clubs the ones that could realistically afford him <laughs> don't want him he don't, I don't think he makes any of them teams better does he I, I don't know you could argue Chelsea makes a little bit of sense um, but when but then Potter's come in, so it, it's kind of changed for him. Like would will Potter want him? Like realistically, I know it's a t- it's a tough job anyone to manage Ronaldo. He's such a big name, but like Graham Potter hasn't managed someone exactly. Even It'd be a, car a crash. tenth of the the stardom of Cristiano Ronaldo. Do you know what I mean? It's true. Um, and what what never was saying when him and Roy Keane was having a, I love a, a, a comical argument on um, soccer, what Sky Sports, uh, whatever it was, Super Sunday. Yeah, Super Sunday. Neville, Neville is right United when you watch him Ronaldo does score a lot of goals and his goal record is still great even at his age even with United performing but they're a better team without him they just are Rashford missed a lot of chances but they just they're more dynamic they're quicker they're more fluid some some of the other players are better without him yeah. and you're looking at your players like your Bruno and Anthony Anthony even like Rashford like it's last less season. pressure to pass to him it is, and the, there's no main man, is it? There's all a team when he's not there. Um, You're right, 100%. So, yeah, I think... 
I don't know where I stand on it. I think <laughs> if you're if if you're Tenag, it's close. I think Tenag is doing the right thing. Really, um, I think he said a few dodgy things. I think. Do you know, do you know, yeah. Do you know what Roy Keane said um, when he brought up the fact that Tenag didn't bring on against City? Out of respect for him. Yeah, that's bollocks. That didn't make sense. It's stupid. That that was silly. I didn't understand that at yeah, all. Yeah, you can't say that and then not play him then ask him for that cameo against Spurs and go oh do you fancy a couple minutes out of respect what do you think that's going to do for his career I know they're winning but it's embarrassing it's like putting the manager's son on at the end he's obviously not good enough (laughs) Uh, do you know what I mean it's like saying here you go mate little pat on the head this will keep him happy so you can kind of see where Ronaldo's coming from but you know what you said before when you said oh they're a better team without him here's an idea let him go just like Ten Hag was like we want him we want to keep him we want to keep him Alright, well don't say that because immediately that keeps his value high. That immediately says United are looking for a fee. When really, if it's that bad, mutually terminate the contract. It's it's been done. It can be done. If he wants to go that bad, and he did, let's be honest, he was trying. He was trying his best. I think that Ten Hag has messed up in that one because... You need to just be honest with yourself and be honest with him. He's one of the greatest players ever, and that's what Roy Keane was alluding to, but no one's defending his actions with walking out. I could defend it if they were losing against Spurs. If they were losing, then he was like, fancy coming on for the last two minutes. Yeah. And he's like, fuck this. I can get that. But I just think that it was blatantly obvious in the summer he wanted to go. United were desperate to not lose him. Or, here's a question, were they desperate for someone else not to have him? Yeah, who knows? It's I don't know how much it would cost to like, like say, get rid of that contract. I don't know if that's a feasible thing for United to do. Mm. I think the best scenario for everyone is Ronaldo moves on. Like literally, everyone wins. Um, the Ronaldo fanboys win. The United fans win. The manager wins. Ronaldo wins if he gets the club that he wants. The stock market wins. Yeah, the the, the problem is, like you say, like who's like who's going to get in? That's that's the problem is. And like you say, with what Ten Hag's been saying, he wants to keep him. Is he just saying that in the media? Because like, realistically, not, Ten Hag's not going to come out and say, "No, yeah, we want to get rid of Ronaldo." Yeah. <laughs> that just that literally, you you would never do that as a manager because what if you need Ronaldo? And it makes his value nothing. Exactly. Like it, make, it makes unsellable. Yeah, asset. You, you can't negotiate anything. Um, if one of your strikers goes down, then you can call him Ronaldo, and you've literally said beforehand you don't want him. It's just not going to work out. I think maybe the the dream scenario what Tenag maybe thought he could do, especially after like the first few games when he started winning after the Brentford loss, was maybe have Ronaldo coming off the bench, but like Gary Neville and Roy Keane were arguing about Ronaldo's not the type of ego or player who's happy to sit there and come off the bench, which is the only way United get the best out of him, unfortunately, I think, this season. Yeah, and do you think that for United to be successful as a team and as a unit, he has to go in January because currently he's training on his own. I think I, I think he can still be successful, but it's another thing that United have to deal with. That's like a um, a non-footballing thing. Yeah, what's the, like a I can't think of the word now. That's something that's like I've lost the word, but something that's distraction. Yeah, it's another yeah. distraction. Isn't yeah, it? It's a go. Paul Pogba type. Distraction where oh. he's doing stupid. It's his fault, is it? No, it's his fault. Graves <laughs> 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 Sooner thinks so. Yeah, Graves Sooner's good blame as well. 
<laughs> but you, you know what I mean? They've had it a few times when United are going, oh, they, do, they, they can't turn the corner here and then pop up as agents could be something. I mean, you won't be doing that anymore. Rip. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, something stupid like that will happen and it won't be footballing-wise. It's another yeah. distraction and that's what it is for United this year. But I still think they can be successful regardless of what he does. I just think it's just easier for them if he leaves because he's obviously not happy to sit there on the bench and be a kind of role model type. I'll come off the bench when I want figure. But, you know, who knows? I mean, it's a shame really because he, he, he could work in... Like, realistically, Ronaldo could... If he dropped the ego, which he's too far gone, I think... Yeah. But if he dropped that ego and said, "Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work myself into this team," he could. Like the amount of chances you see Rashford miss, it's only a matter of time where United are drawing these, which they are, because Rashford's missing these chances. Ronaldo won't miss him. If he's, if he can come on and prove that he can get on with the team and get in their positions and scoring goals, which it's Ronaldo, I'm not gonna doubt him. Yeah, penalty box player. That's that's what I mean. If he can start doing maybe a bit more running, which I mean he's in great shape. Why not? I know he's 37, but doesn't mean you can't run. Fat shit, isn't it? <laughs> he's, in he's in better shape than the whole team. <laughs> he probably runs more than all. No, just true. It's 100% true. So it is a bit of a shame that you can't do that for them. But It's a shame as well because there was... Uh, last thing on Ronaldo, but there was an opportunity, I think, 20 minutes left in the Chelsea game. Ten Hag changed the system and he brought on Anthony Alanga and I was thinking, thank fuck, that's not Ronaldo. That was my first yeah. thing because I thought, oh, he would have had 20 minutes there and... Obviously, he's he's the goat, or if not one of the goats. And I was thinking, oh, there would have been some minutes for you there, Cristiano. Thank God you weren't playing some. Well, yeah, it's it's one of them where you know you might play someone, and they're starting to get a bit more ball now. Because the fear factor's still there. Well, he frightens the life out of me. Well, he does anyone, doesn't he? When he, when he comes on, you know he's scoring. He's not missing, is he? No. Like realistically, no. Like you, you, in a, what, what if United are breaking down like a low block, which they've struggled with the past few years. Um, Bring Ronaldo on. I mean, there's not many better subs, really. Um, but yeah, like you say, I don't think it's going to happen, is it? Yeah, one's man's rubbish is another man's treasure, Cristiano. Right, listeners, welcome back. That music can only mean one thing. It is, of course, bet of the week. Those bloody scousers let us down, getting beat by Forrest for our bet of the week last week but we're going to bounce back and not back any scousers this week so we win some money so we're going to start off at the King Power Stadium 12.30 kickoff. Man City away at Leicester gone for your boys Jim Man City to win away not just away but to nil wow. in the early kickoff, Manchester City. Then moving over to Southwest London, Brentford versus Wolves. I've gone for Brentford to beat Wolves in this one. The blood keeps coming out for Wolves. You cannot stop that rot at the minute until they hire someone permanently, I'm afraid, Wolves. Then we're going to move to the Amex Stadium. Potter's homecoming. He's going back to Hogwarts for this one, Jim. Chelsea versus Brighton. Potter ball returns. I have gone for Chelsea to beat Brighton. Roughly at about even money in that one. I thought that was a good little price. And last but not least, I've gone Newcastle United to beat Aston Villa. So just to recap the bet of the week, City to win to nil away at Leicester in the early. Brentford just to beat Wolves. Chelsea to beat Brighton. And Newcastle to beat Aston Villa at home. And Jim, what can the listeners do with that information? They can shove it in the rackers. Right, welcome back, Cookie Podcast listeners. And I'm sure there will be a merry bunch of fans, Cook, 
in the northeast of the country listening to this podcast thinking you've mentioned Liverpool you mentioned Forest you mentioned Ronaldo but where's our mention lads we're fourth in the league it is the newly taken over the first season full post takeover Newcastle United carry on winning and carry on getting really good results this weekend a 2-1 win away at Spurs I mean I know Spurs aren't playing well but you can't exactly say this was a predictive result and again Newcastle well worth the um, well worth the three points here and they've done that to a few teams they've seen what they did to City Liverpool got pretty lucky against them United couldn't get past them Newcastle one of them teams this year and maybe we kind of underpredicted them fighting for the top six maybe they're going for that top four because they're certainly in there right now what do, you, what do you make of Newcastle start and Eddie Howe start? Well, the stats don't lie in this case. They've currently got the best defence in the league. Least goals conceded by one at the minute. Eddie Howe's made them hard to beat since he came in at the back end of last season, which I, d- I don't think was the problem with Newcastle because you've always, almost associated with them playing a back five and just playing a low block and then in turn being hard to beat. But what Howe's actually done to this team he's built on them being hard to beat and then actually added some flair here and there I, I believe with Bruno Guimaraes who's a player that I mentioned on the podcast when they were signing him played for Lyon prior to that one of their better midfielders however he was almost the ugly stepsister to Paqueta, Fakir and uh, Taliso at the time it, it will have been and it's good to see him getting his flowers at Newcastle and the Newcastle fans will hope he stays there because I know Real Madrid are eagerly watching him at the moment and as, as we know it's very hard for South Americans to turn that down but yeah credit to Eddie Howe he's put a bit of flair in this Newcastle team he's, he's made him slightly less boring to watch we'll get onto that in a little bit but huge result for them and a player very close to mine and Stan's heart Miguel Moron is finally showing the type of promise that he had when we discovered him playing for Atlanta United so well done Miggy and just a little stat before I pass you over to Jim Erling Haaland is the only player in Europe's top five divisions with more league goals this month than Miguel Almiron well he is he's, he's a massive purple patch for him isn't it? Uh, he's just being unbelievable and yeah she's scoring for every single time you see Almiron score it's the Jack Grealish quote. It is though, isn't it? That just comes up. So that's just... Jack Grealish must be watching Newcastle games or something and thinking, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. Um, he just can't stop scoring. Everything. He scored some unbelievable goals as well recently. Great finish, that uh, some, one. Some of his finishes have just been just instinctive. He's not even thinking about it. He's just knocking him in top corners. Um, that's when he's better, though. When he has less time to yeah, think about think, what he's going to do. I think when you look at some of his goals and he's just thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm going to hit this. And he goes straight in. Yeah, Miggy's playing unbelievable this season. And what's really impressive about Newcastle, especially recently, last month or so maybe, is um, he's only dealt with injuries because they're not a particularly deep squad, really. It's, 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 a, it's an 11 that can cause problems to anyone, you think. But there are a lot of players in there that realistically are still championship players, maybe. When you look at the likes of... Lascelles. Yeah, Dummer, Kraft, Mankio who's a lad who goes up from Murphy he's, he's not good is he um, even Ryan Fraser to, Ryan Fraser to a, to a point. they've probably still got Dwight Gale on there. Chris Wood I mean, Shelby you know what I mean but yeah Woody definitely yeah and they've, and they've dealt with injuries to like St. Maximum who I think is the best player yeah um, even Bruno missed a, a game of the week 
And he's been up for two days straight. He's just had a kid. He said yeah, he's barely slept in the past exactly. two days. Alexander Isaac, um, yeah. he came in and looked really good against Liverpool. He got injured. He's, he's not played for a bit. Since he's out until after the World Cup now. Yeah, I don't think he's played since the international break, has he? No, it was that game against Liverpool. Was his maybe his first and his last, or maybe he's oh, played I mean, a game after yeah, that? Yeah, I think he might have played a game after that. But like I said, the, the way they're dealing with their injuries and they carry on getting results... I mean, it's just really impressive, isn't it? I mean, no, it is fair play to him. And especially when you look at a lot of teams around him that are still working some things out, they can take advantage of that. And mm. You know what I mean? I'm not going to say they're going to finish in top four, but they keep, but like you top top are in a point now where we've watched them for a few weeks and we've said I think I said on the pod, even though they are getting the results, they are shocking to watch. I mean, he. They win. Yeah. They, they're the worst team when they win, and I mean, we can we can we can laugh it off and say, "Oh, it's Conte, and that's what he does," but it's not a sustainable way of getting points, and that is why Conte doesn't last at teams since yeah. since Juventus. He's not lasted at a team no. because the way he plays, it can be really fucking effective. It can be like impossible to be at times, but in the other times, they can't score a goal for Toffee. He he got a goal from a set piece against Newcastle. Though. Um, against United, they was thoroughly outplayed. That's two 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 defeats in a row. Um, Tottenham looking at a team who would level on points with like City and could joined Arsenal after they dropped points this weekend. But they should have lost against us if it weren't for the, well, the air pull. Like. I mean, they, they got bad didn't they against Chelsea, but they just ended up going and scoring. It was the Conte performance. Yeah. Papered over a lot of yeah. cracks. Spurs this year. Chelsea United are working a lot of things out. New yeah. managers. Um, we spoke a lot about what United are trying to do. And Newcastle are one of the teams in and around them three that are very solid. And we said about Arteta last week about how good Arsenal have been. He names the same 11 every single week because he knows who he can trust. Then we spoke about Arsenal's front three or front four. It's Newcastle's midfield three for me. Yeah, that's winning a lot of games. Longstaff, Gimmeresh, and, yeah. uh, and Jolinton. Yeah, Jolie um, boy. Yeah, and even when Willett comes in. Great. It's almost like for like, isn't it? Really hard workers can put attack and they can keep the ball and they're attacking threats as well. That is, it's a really good dynamic, like all round yeah. midfield free, and that's winning a lot of games for him. Yeah, hundred percent. And the players, like you said, they've they've got players who, from my memory, correct me if I'm wrong, Newcastle fans, but you you've almost got slightly an injury prone team. Like we talk about Callum Wilson, we you almost have to bank that he's gonna miss twelve to fifteen weeks of the season and he already has. St Maximin always picks up little injuries here and there. And I'm just thinking they two star boys of your team at this minute. Obviously Isak's injured. again though, let's hope this isn't a pattern for Newcastle because I rue the day as a if I was a Newcastle fan of the day that Wilson and Isak are both injured because then it's like who does score the goals for them just put Britain up front get Miggy <laughs> Force 9 Miggy Force uh, 9 but we'll, we'll, before we speak obviously about the implications with Tottenham and Conte and is he going to be there at the end of the season because obviously his deal expires in the summer foul or no foul on Hugo Lloris James no foul yeah I'm, no I'm with you explain why because I don't think he can do much about it I think he's he's rightful to go for the ball. I think Larice is he's kind of looking for it. He's kind of he should really I don't know I don't know what to say but be a bit braver and just take the hit and lad I've seen better flops in the NBA. <laughs> well, and there's it was been a, some bad flops. It was a shock of that from Larice. Like I don't think you can try and win a foul as a keeper. I know they're all protected and that's what he's made banks on. But yeah, I'd, I'd 
No, I don't think it's a foul. Not for me. No, me either. And I'll tell you for why. Because if that's two outfield players, is that a free kick? If they just run into each other. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I think it would have been... It would have been definitely too much to overturn a goal. Like, realistically, it's, it's not enough to overturn that goal. No, definitely not. Lloris, injury... Uh, not injury prone. Lloris, mistake prone, in my opinion. I think... Yeah. Thing is with Spurs, when you're in a rut like that, and the problem is, when you're supposed to be this compact and you're not scoring goals, you need your keeper to give you at least half a chance here. And, and if you're playing Tottenham... You almost target Lloris to a point. Wait until he gets the ball at his feet, then trigger a press. Because you know he'll either try a stupid little Cruyff or he'll knock it into Rosehead or you just know it's not a safe pair of hands and that's not what you want. And sticking with safe pair of hands, Jim, do you think Conte signs a new deal? No, no, not a chance. Back it, to you, babe? Well, I mean, if they don't sort manager up by then, that's just ridiculous. I mean, I'm surprised they're not coming back for him now. I mean, when you look at the free agent managers at the minute, Daish. Well, you've got Pochettino and Tuchel out of a job. I'm and, Daish. But, I mean, realistically... For you, I know, but you, are an absolute... Like, they're in a shambles and shit. Oh, yeah. It's... Hey, since Ronaldo left him, <laughs> he absorbed him, made him a better yeah. team, and then fucked him off, made him shit. But, I, yeah, I can't believe that he's not got a manager, and I can't believe it's not Tuchel yet. But, I mean... I think... I'd be surprised if they're not knocking on Conte's door at the minute, because... Yeah. I think he, he goes back there. He's never happy, is he? No, he's not. <laughs> have you ever seen him, him, have you ever seen him smile? Have you ever I, seen Conte smile? I, uh, once, once, <laughs> once. And that was only when Costa left. <laughs> it wasn't even when he won somewhere. Oh. But I, oh, it's almost like, is it too easy to say, Conte goes back to Juve, they're happy, they sack Allegri. Poch goes back to Spurs, that nostalgia factor just marinates for a little bit and then Dyche gets the England job. <laughs> no way, Tuchel's getting the England job. Well, I mean, I don't kind of think. I I thought the one of the people talk about now. I thought Eddie Howe's timeline would work out quite well, but the way he's going, or Potter. Well, <laughs> the way Eddie Howe's going, I, I thought it could have been like, oh, Newcastle get sick of him. They want a big name soon, soon to start losing. Mm. But they're not starting losing, so you can't you, you can't follow him. He's done a brilliant job, and um, yeah, you mentioned about the defence. Um, it's it's really good really yeah. like it, Botman, it, Trippier, even on paper it's good and the thing that's really impressive about them as well they seem like like they're playing together aren't they like as a unit you can tell the love in that keeping teams out and stuff yeah they didn't keep a clean sheet this weekend but they've conceded just 10 goals all season that's really yeah. impressive um, especially with Burn at left back obviously that's not spoken about as well first choice uh, in the full back position Matt Target yeah, he's barely played. But they've chucked six foot twelve Dan Burn out there as a makeshift left back, and yeah, but see what have you seen? Becomes a back three record since he's gone to Newcastle. I haven't, but they've known him beat. Well, since I he's played, don't want to say I told you so, listeners. But on the uh, the signings when they were made, he was uh, he was said by me he was very slow slow with the legs, but definitely not slow in the head. Yeah. Sven, he's great at reading the game, and when Newcastle picked him up for about thirty million quid, shrewd business as. Newcastle's business has been since the takeover credit where it's due Mags we've said this before but when Newcastle were making these signings in the summer I think we did a few like pre-season pods or like week one pods yeah we were talking about Newcastle's business it's just been really fucking smart on it I mean it's kind of annoyingly smart especially us being Newcastle well, City and Chelsea fans where we kind of got a bit excited and we got a bit of money and didn't spend it that wisely but they've, they've splashed in the right areas for the right players 
and especially Bruno. I mean, I can great signing. It really, really resonate with a player like that in terms of when City were trying to go to the next level and we signed David Silva or we signed like a Yaya Torre and was like for me he's a player like, yeah. you can put him next to Gareth Barry and they both look world class <laughs> like, that's what Bruno does though yeah, yeah. Like, realistically he's not playing like a, like Joe Linton and uh, Willock and your long staffs they aren't, they aren't class players but Guimaras makes them class he does and the way he elevates that team is and I'm not comparing him because I'm, I'm never comparing anyone to David Silva but it's what David Silva used to say it's he made F1 world class like he made the team tick that's what Bruno does in different ways of course very different players but the impact they have on the team um, I can see a lot of similarities yeah and that's just it's day and night from Newcastle since he's he's become a part of the side and it's no secret that they've added more flair and ability in that team but a team Jim two teams that it looked a bit doom and gloom at the minute Wolves versus Leicester I was expecting almost an under two and a half banker on this one but Rodgers and his Leicester boys definitely proved me wrong in this one huge result 4-0 win away at Wolves a Wolves serious relegation candidates at the minute given the fact that they're pussyfooting around getting a new boss I mean, when you look at the standings, yeah. It's it's not great reading, is it, Wolves fans? No, it's, I mean, you could have predicted this, actually. I mean, it sounds very surprising, but Wolves have scored five goals all season in 12 games. But it's something that they've done year after year. We've said it. It's a great team on paper. Since Jimenez, maybe? Since he since, went down? Yeah, since Jimenez went down. But even then, it was just him who was scoring. Yeah, and it was. And, and Neves Pens, maybe? Yeah, but you can't rely on that. And no way. I mean, the standard of that team should be nowhere near relegations at the bell. Yeah. Like Whoa. so, I, I I don't know. I can't. Yeah. There's a long way to go in there. There's still two thirds of the league left. But at the same time, twelve games played, it doesn't look great, does it? Five goals, and they don't even look defensively solid, do they? They used to be. They used to be one of the teams where like you can bank on a few clean sheets. There. Yeah. Nil nil specialist then, but not well, anymore. Um, it's mad, isn't it? Like the fall from grace. There was in Europe. Obviously, we had Nuno had that system where you knew exactly who was going to play every week. It's it's like lost any players as well. Yeah, literally. I I know that they've Jimenez is out at the minute. He's currently in Mexico, uh, and he's tweeting pictures of like football boots and stuff like that, which I know has has left the Wolves fans very pissed off because they're <laughs> like, why the fuck is he there? Uh, I believe Mexico are in the World Cup as well, so I think he could be prepping for that one. Yeah. Uh, again, they've got Diego Costa with all the sustenance of being the aggressive bastard he is but he's not in his pomp anymore he's not the Diego Costa who's scoring goals and the Wolves the Wolves Twitter and Insta they love putting that out oh Costa having a fight da 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 da, da. okay great you're not scoring goals and I actually heard a Wolves fan on the radio describe Gonzalo Guedes going there as a prison sentence by um, I forget the guy who's in with him the Ronaldo's owner Mendes Mendes yeah a prison sentence by Mendes <laughs> because he's the only one apparently who looks like scoring he said it was Trincao who was sentenced last season he didn't want to be there <laughs> and now this season it's um, it's uh, obviously the boy we've just mentioned yeah um, the, the, the thing with Wolves is <laughs> is that there is a team that we spoke about Forrest might have to go into the window and splash some cash. These are going to have to go and get a striker. Yeah. Jimenez back or not, because realistically he's not been himself, has he, since that, and it's understandable, but he's not. He's lost a yard. 
Triore is nowhere near the player he was, especially when them two were linking up. That was such a, like a devastating duo, like the, the counter attacking goals they got. The big lad they signed who got the big injury for a full season, that's why they went for Costa. Costa's not good enough. It's a funny signing. I'm glad he's back. He's quite he's jokes, isn't it? But it's he's, an FM signing. It's not, it's not good it enough. Isn't it? Like, yeah, but he's not good enough, is he? No. And no. then he's been dossing about in fucking Brazil for like two years. And you and you look at um, the the like the wingers and the forwards around him. They were good players. Like I like I like a lot of these. Like, I like Pudence as a quality player. I like Neto a lot. Neto's a good player. Good young player. Yeah. Trincao was like you say. Guedes good, but none of them can score. None of them have. None of them ever scored. I think. I think Neto had two goals last year. I reckon Pudence had like five. Yeah. Like it's just not enough goals. If you don't have a goal scorer, you you're gonna get dragged into that relegation well. So they need to go and get one. Do you think they need to move away from the Portuguese model, or do you think that this has gotten almost to the dance at this point? Because they've obviously sacrificed Cody because they said he couldn't play in a back four. Yeah, he's doing that for Everton every yeah, week brilliantly. now. And and obviously you take him out of the dressing room. What a massive impact that is! Yeah, and I, and I like Collins and Kilman a lot. I think they're good young defenders, but yeah, young. <laughs> that, that does not make sense to me. I mean, they could have learned from Cody. Oh, I, I think Cody's a brilliant player. And I think he's a, as well. and I think he's Everton uh, done really well signing him. And he, they, him and Tarkovsky. Him and Tarkovsky are great together. <laughs> they they really are. The two of the honestly, we're not going to talk about England, but they're two of the best English defenders this season. 100%. Like, if you put you all the picking on form, you could, you might not be able to argue past them two starting. Um, Especially in a back three. But, but yeah, Wolves, they need to go and get a... They need to go and get, I don't know if they need to move away from this Portuguese this model, yeah. model. They just need to find a goal scorer. Does Mendes have any goal scorers on his, on his, in his books? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We've just wrapped, they, they, there's the signing. They're not in Europe yet. But if he can go and go to Wolves, be the main man. He'd sort them out. <laughs> he genuinely probably would. <laughs> Do they play in Champions League? Not no, quite, Ronaldo. <laughs> but Mendes, he can get in there if anyone can. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so we know about Leicester, who've done really well as well recently. Yeah, I we mean, have to speak about them. I, w- I remember watching um, Home to Forest. I know Forest were in the downfall at this point, they won 4 0. But Leicester that night was absolutely brilliant. Like, Madison was just. It was one of the best performances I've seen in, from a single player in ages. And since then. They got to be against Bournemouth and I kind of thought, oh god, they've just like taken a step back. Oh god. <laughs> but then since then, they've, they've done really well and, and weirdly, for a team and a keeper, Danny Ward, who is one of the worst keepers I've ever seen in the oh, Premier League. Oh, we've said. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've said. Oh, yeah. But he's got the second most clean sheets this season. It's tied second. To. I don't know, but I've seen that before on Fantasy. That is <laughs> I don't know how he's done it, but there has, and he's making loads of saves. Like Wolves, I'd like all the chances this game, like they always do. Well, look at this lad. We've we've just got the stats up, like you said there. Twenty-one attempts from Wolves, five at goal, five attempts from Leicester, four on target, four, four goals. For That's Leicester. the difference. And Danny, Danny Ward was the difference in a game when you, and you, I never thought I'd say that. <laughs> I was going to say how many times can we say that this season? <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mad absolute madness. I'm, like. I'm happy for Leicester because I, I like watching him and I like I like a lot of like Madison. I think he's brilliant, and I'll tell you else he's brilliant. Harvey Barnes is brilliant. And Vardy, Vardy. first player to ever score a hundred Prem goals past the age of thirty. Like a fine wine cook. Like a fine Red Bull. <laughs> like a fine Red Bull. <laughs> Did you see that video of him necking the Red Bull and then coming on? No. He's literally just about come on, cracks open a full can of Red Bull. Next, the whole thing. About two minutes later, he bags. 
and then just starts doing the can't hear you. It's got to be a drugs test for that. <laughs> Unreal. Unreal. Hey, Performance. Red Bull gives you wings. Gives you goals. Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, we'll, just, we'll just move on, Cook, to another team that has suddenly found form, weirdly. Ooh, Ooh. This is weird when this happens, isn't it? it? Is. When a team sacks a manager and starts playing football. Did yeah. down tools, maybe, Aston Villa players? Oh, maybe. Maybe they were sick of Gerard, And maybe Tyrone Rings... at uh, Rings? <laughs> <laughs> Tyrone Mings running rings around Gerard. Yes. No, he's, to be honest with you... It's a disgrace from Aston Villa. It genuinely yeah, is a disgrace. I, I know, Jazz. I know we've, we've, we spoke about Boston last week, didn't we? We said we'd sack him and he got sacked, so we are sorry, Stephen, if you're listening. Well, um, we're not too sorry. We're not. We're not. Because we're, we're you've not, probably got a nice compensation package. But I do feel a bit sorry for you that the second you go, your team just starts backing. Yeah, everything clicks. Ing scores, Watkins scores, the two guys you couldn't yeah. get a tune out That's of. weird, isn't it? Very. Yeah. <laughs> Rubbing the chin about that one. Yeah, it's a strange one. And. and yeah, down tools, I think, are, are the worst because we yeah, spoke last week at how good their squad is. Yeah. The money that's been spent and, and there's no way you should have had nine points from 11 games prior to this, Stephen. Yeah, and as soon as he goes, they just Ooh, clipped. It's, it's all yeah, clipped. Absolutely. Like three goals in the first 15 minutes. And against a good side as well. Like Brentford, yeah, Brentford. Good side. Well organised. I think Brentford could beat anyone on the day. Yeah. First, I mean, yeah, a good result. Um, obviously, a brilliant result like the highlight of the season, which has been a... Not many highlights in. Yeah, Tyrone Mings I saw got um, in the team of the week, so that would oh, be really? extra, um, extra salt in the wounds for Stevie G. But yeah. do you think? Do you think Gerard? Obviously, he he got the sack in this game, uh, for for the game prior to this. Sorry, but I, I saw a lot of things from the Athletic that have come out saying that it wasn't really right in pre-season. That a lot of the stuff with the Tyrone Mings thing put a lot of the players on edge. Apparently, he's quite aggressive in his actual management style and uh, I saw that uh, Duncan Alexander tweeted something along the lines of when they'd just been beating Aston Villa no one had even mentioned Tyrone Mings he wasn't even in the team and he just said well the, when Tyrone Mings looks me in the eye and says that he wants to be a part of this team he'll play and then like apparently a lot of the players had quite a lot of issues with that so I mean Gerard obviously is a young manager and I hope for for him to obviously be the best manager he possibly can be he needs to learn from that and realise that that might have worked at Liverpool when you was the skipper and you're barking at people, but surely you'd know, Stephen, having played under some of the managers that you had, that that can't happen. Yeah, maybe from what you're saying, though, it sounds a bit like a player who's grew up in an era. Old school, di- maybe? Yeah, an old school, very different to what players are used to now and whether that's right or wrong, that's just what you need to cater to when you're manager now. These are the times we live in. They are. You can't say anything anymore. <laughs> you, actually, you actually can't, Stephen. Uh, but yeah, it's been a brutal sacking, actually. I heard that he was on the bus on the way home and he literally knew he got sacked and then he had to take the bus home with him. Uh, like the coach homes from wherever he was when they got beat. Was it Fulham? Yeah, it would have been Fulham to Villa. So it's, it's, it's a decent journey. Yeah, it's about, what, three and a half hours? <laughs> and then at one in the morning, he made like a he did like a talk, team talk at like the training ground and then that was it. He got off his ways. Honestly, Stevie... I, I, I don't know if that's the manly thing to do or not you know to go back on the bus but I would fucking wouldn't have got back on that bus <laughs> I'd have been like you take his car like, oh fuck I'd have been like right okay where's the next train I'd have been like okay I'm not short of a few quid here I'll probably stay here and fly back or get to, I'll do something else but I will not be getting the train back with these lot who have just fucking chucked me under the bus and then performed for the new guy who is apparently more than happy to take the job until the end of the season but 
Let's talk about the new guy a little bit. It's mad, isn't it? We, we the new guy. I'll, I'll well, get his name. I'm well, sorry. I'm sorry about... Well, I'm, I'm more mean the fact that who is going to be the next manager. Um, because we've seen that... Was it Poch and Tuchel? Or was it, it. Or was it was it both of them? Or was it just one? I can't quite remember. But I know it, that reports came out that they looked at him and then they both just went like... Or one of them at least just went like, yeah, no, it's... It's a fine side off, basically, but it's, yeah. we want to come back to a, a, a bigger team, if, like, all being said. And rightly fucking so. Do you think, though? Because... <laughs> I we, think with Tuchel, maybe not okay, Poch. Okay, with Tuchel. But He's let, European let's, Cup let's winner. Let's speak about Poch, yeah. who's managed Southampton, Spurs, and then... Realistically, Very poorly he maybe out of his depth at PSG. Oh, no, he was. Um, he was. Ah, is that Villa is a massive club? Let's not let's get that right. European Cup winners lab. And the team, we've already said it, is very good. And there's some there's some absolute class in there as well. And Definitely. they sign class every single season. Like and they do business quite smart, quite quick. They do. Is that not an ideal landing spot for Poch? I it's, thought I thought it looked like it could be. Yeah, it's appealing for Poch because he almost has the credit in the bank of yeah, it, it was really bad at Paris and he couldn't manage any of the egos and it, it, on a man management perspective it was awful for, for him there and he didn't win the league with them for one of the seasons and that is the bare minimum in, yeah. in Liga and I, I don't care who you are, there's been less managers have won Liga with worse Paris teams, like I'm not, I'm not having that, so... Poch's reputation has took a massive hit because it's like, well, what are your man management skills like? Because you couldn't manage Mbappe, Neymar, uh, or or Messi at all. You couldn't manage even people like Sergio Ramos, who were very vocal about the the predictability of the Paris Saint Germain team and and their players. But I think for Poch, he almost should have took this Villa job as there's money there. They're not skin. They've got one of the best owners in the league for spending money. It's the league where all the managers want to be as well, isn't it? Exactly. If there's any words to build reputation back up, it's, the it's against the best managers in the yeah. world in the Premier. Yeah, and let's be real, Poch. You, I, I understand that you might want that Spurs job, but if Conte signs a new deal, it doesn't matter. You're not going to get it because they're seeing better stuff out of it. And from a nostalgia factor, he'll hope that they re-employ him. But I think that Pochettino to Villa is very suited. And I, I get that he wouldn't want to go there but you almost would have to go there to rebuild your reputation but for Tuchel I think he's got enough recent trophies in the bank to say you know what no I, I don't need to manage Aston Villa and I can wait for a, a Barcelona potentially or an England or yeah. I could, I could understand, even I could understand Real Madrid when Carlo retires at the end of the season there's I, options I can understand that a bit more but yeah the pot I just thought I don't know I, I wouldn't have like snuffed my nose maybe he didn't but you know what I'm saying I thought that would be a nice fit and it would the, the thing for Villa fans now is I would be quite. I'd be worried anyway because it's, it's seemingly obvious that. But they sat Jawa because really he deserved it, didn't he? Like, no, we, he did. We, we could agree that it was too week. late. It, it was. It was. Late. And obviously, going off this four 0 win, it was the right, right decision. <laughs> but at the same time, they've clearly not got anyone. Like, have you seen the the list of candidates? It's from. How can in the same list of candidates you can have, Poch, Tuchel, Amarim, and Daesh? It's, it's four very it's, different people. It's isn't just it? like yeah, it's the different levels of playing football like they just basically want someone else stylistically so, as well so to me that, so to me if I was a Villa fan I'd be, I'd be a little bit worried thinking fucking hell I hope we land the right man because obviously they just want someone else they don't it's not like they want someone you always want a vision don't you and obviously they don't have one that's they, just want, new, world, they just want a new manager yeah do you think that that's last thing on Aston Villa do you think that's maybe I don't want to say naivety but 
almost similar to Leicester where they're almost lulled into a false sense of security of where they should probably be on a consistent basis you know after winning the league whereas Villa obviously have splashed this money what's your priority staying in the league this year maybe you get a dice for 18 months or do you take a punt on a Pochettino or I don't know someone from abroad with maybe not as much Prem experience and then you go down like yeah, exactly. that's that's the fine margins that you take and you've took a risk with Gerard and maybe Villa owners or fans you want to play this one a bit closer to the chest get a dice in get be hard to beat we've mentioned two man strikers Ollie Watkins Ings I just think it's a smart option but if Villa want to roll the dice again on someone else then feel free but you might end up going down again yeah I, I can appreciate um, the, the like the sign of Gerard because he's like he's a young manager and I like it when teams do that. I've, I've, I've like a vision and think, yeah, he, he can be, he can propel us the next level. And it works for both parties. Like Gerard can propel himself to be clops higher, and then Villa can get somewhere else and really build on something rather than having stopgap manager after stopgap manager. But they've been bitten by it this time. Uh, it's not worked out, and like you say, they would be very tempted by a manager like Daesh who won't get relegated. <laughs> like with that team, he wouldn't, would he? I mean, it's no. it's a good defense. It's got a good. Like combined midfielders in it. Like I know he's been awful. McGinn has been shocking this year. I don't know if you've watched him. Like, yeah, yeah, he's fell off a cliff. He's been sh- his former. It's weird that as soon as Villa this season have given a player the captain's armband, he's been shocking. It's it's something that doesn't get spoken about enough. And I mean, it happens to Maguire very like that. That's been the most public one in the past few years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Villa twice now it's happened. They give it Mings and he fell. And as soon as he got it, took off him. A better player. Grillo before that obviously was the skipper. I'm not implying that something bad happened yeah. there, but he was the captain. And they've they obviously not found that captain because McGinn has been given it, and since he's had it this season, he's been he's been the worst I've seen him. And he's one of the midfielders where he, he can not run a game, but he can be one of the better players on the pitch, and he's a really impressive player. Isn't he? Um, well, last just, season he was on about John McGinn saying he could easily slot in Man United's midfield, exactly. and, and he definitely still could. He's got that that promise, but and this season what happened for Harchester United? Cook. Wow, what a throwback! <laughs> oh my god, what a throwback! What the a show! Team. Get them back on. But Aston Villa, it would seem heavy as the head that wears the crown. Nice. Right, listeners, unfortunately, it is that time of the podcast, the time where we do have to love you and leave you, but it's also the time where we can tell you where to find us when we're not making pods. So follow us on our Twitter and our Instagram using the handle cookiepodcast1. That's cookiepodcast followed by the number one. Find us on TikTok as well. Just type in the Cookie Podcast. That's T H E Cookie Podcast. And then if you want to bob over to our YouTube channel, we stick some stuff up there occasionally in clip format. Just type in T T W T C C Podcast Clips. And it's been episode 155 of the podcast. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. See you.